Welcome to the Fantasy Football BS on the BS Podcast Network with your host, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from the newbies and the beginners to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by AirCare Heating and Cooling, your number one heating and cooling professional provider serving San Jose, California and surrounding areas. In this episode, we will cover the frenzy of free agency, breaking down top signings and notable trades for the QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. So sit back and listen up to this great content that will help you dominate your league so you're the one holding the fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Division rivals player. Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider. But that just makes for better bullshitting. Two of the smartest football minds, so listen. A Raider in Fort Worth, a Bronco in the Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS. I'm the Snowman with my co-host, my Texas native and Las Vegas Raider rival over here, uh, Bry Duck. Uh, Bry cracked open my beer for the episode. Got another hazy IPA, uh, a love hazy IPA from Almanac Beer Company out of Alameda, California. It's a tongue twister, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. I maybe I already <laughs> had too much. It's only a six percenter. My others oh, were eight percent. See, so. see, before the, the episode starts from now on, I think you should crack one open, shotgun it then do our intro and then drink your beer for the episode. I think, I think halfway through it'll get a lot, a lot more frisky, you know? Yeah. I I've been hearing people are saying, you know what? You guys sound a lot better after like 10 minutes and yeah, it's, that it's, like once, that beer, it's once that beer kicks in, that's like my golf game. <laughs> once the beer kicks in about a whole eight or nine, my game gets a lot better. I don't know why that is. It's that, it's that alcohol courage, whatever they call it. Uh, it, it, it ends up working. Uh, yeah, how you doing absolutely. it? How you I'm doing? doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm actually, uh, so I'm, I'm late to the game. I started binge watching, uh, this show, the last dance with Michael Jordan. Did you see that when it came out? I, I saw like two episodes. I haven't finished it yet. Man, though. it is so good. Like Michael Jordan was just a, a, a different animal. The guy is definitely the goat in my opinion, but, um, man, that, that show, if that doesn't get your juices flowing, you don't got blood pumping through your veins, I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, I watch, I watch an episode of Michael Jordan just talking about, you know, his determination, what it took to make him who he was, and his drive, and, you know, dedication and everything, and it just gets me, gets me pumped up. As soon as I get done watching an episode, I'm like, man, I need to get off the couch, quit being a bum. But then I sit there and watch two, three more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Same here while I'm drinking another love hazy IPA over here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are we going to be discussing this episode? Oh man, this is going to be a good one. Like I, I got, we got excited talking about this and writing up this episode. We got a good one for you guys here. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a nice free agency recap, talking about just the top free agents and, and the notable trades that, that went down in the off season here and, and where it's going to play out and, and their actual fantasy impact. So we're going to be able to break it down, QBs, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and be able to, to list. We're not going to hit, obviously, all free agents. That would take us forever. But what the ones that are going to be very relevant to what you guys need to be able to know. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait. To, yeah, to I mean, to, just like you said, when we when we were writing up this one and, and kind of talking about it, you know, free agency, 
you know, I, I, we really wanted to do an episode that week when it, when it kicked off uh, because of how much fun it is just to cover it. Um, it's one of those things, you know, for me where you kind of uh, look at free agency, all these key players, their impacts, things like that. And it's just, it's really exciting. So definitely this is going to be a great episode. Um, and I, I can't wait to get this going here. And you, if you follow and you don't, you, you're an idiot if you don't follow us on social media yet, but uh, follow us because man, we, my boy Bryduck over here is on point with all those posts, keeping you guys updated before we're dropping stuff before ESPN drops stuff. So we're, yep, we're keeping absolutely. you guys updated. Yeah. Catch us on our social media, uh, Instagram at fantasy football BS, Twitter at fantasy FBBS and YouTube at fantasy football BS. You can find us on uh, Spotify, um, all major podcast platforms. Go make sure that you go follow us, subscribe, um, you know, keep the love coming. Absolutely. Q&A, ask us some questions, whatever. We'll, sh- we'll give you guys a nice shout out. Uh, absolutely give you a shout out the very next episode to, to answer your question. Yeah, like I love I said, the Q&A. Love the love Q&A it. sessions. Love it. Get a part of it. I, I mean, if you guys aren't there, you guys are definitely missing out right now. There's a lot of comments, a lot of people hitting us up, messaging us, asking us questions. It's been a great fan outreach so far, and we appreciate it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And and lastly, before before we get into right into it because i know we got a lot to discuss right now uh give a nice little shout out to our to our sound engineer here all right welcome welcome back here starting off kicking it off uh, right away free a- agency frenzy never lacks never lacks the drama it starts off the season and it's just it that first monday just everything it's like the floodgates open it's crazy with just everything coming out with no sports uh th- this 2020 early on with with all the COVID-19 it free agency kind of came at a at a perfect point I think for for our country to be able to kind of everyone get on top of and and be able to get some good news coming rather than all the COVID-19 bad news and Brian you love free agency uh, I, I think it just opens up the season perfectly. I loved free agency because as a Raiders fan, it gave us something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, like for, for, for us, it was really like one of those things. Yeah. Like one of those things where you, you, you didn't know, you know, as a, as a, as a fan or, or whatnot, where some of these players are going to go. And it's really exciting to once they call the names and call where they're going it's really exciting. It's a, it's a it's a great thing to watch. You know, so today we're going to be discussing some of those big names. Um, obviously, the fantasy implications for those big names and where they went and which teams they ended up on. So we're going to be covering obviously your top quarterbacks, top running backs, top wide receivers, top tight ends that were all on the move that are going to provide us with the most fantasy relevant information for for this episode. Um, obviously, there was a lot of key players outside of fantasy re- fantasy relevant players, defensive players, things like that. But obviously, for 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 this sake, we're going to be covering. Um, those that have the most fantasy implications. Yeah, um, and so. defense and kickers, uh, they'll they'll be we'll break them down later on in a, in a couple of weeks here as a positional ranking, and then we could at that point touch upon where. But uh, I don't think anyone's going to be hitting us up too much with with kickers and Tampa Bay. Wow, what what a free agency that, that they ended up having, and and I mean already the first thing that pops in my mind is when Grok 
went there is just is Tampa Bay just kind of repeating their their 2007 offense. So I yeah. can't wait until we break it down. And it, it was really a, uh, I mean, just a, a huge change and shift in that division, right? I mean, that goes to being probably one of the weaker divisions with the Saints kind of just running it. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, you know, there's that's kind of a little bit of a three-headed monster down there. You know, I wouldn't count any of those teams out necessarily. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bucks can do in that division um, going up against Breeze twice a season. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two future Hall of Famers, and we're going to break them down here uh, in a yep. couple of minutes, but two future Hall of Famers going at it twice a year. Just, yeah. I mean, I mean it, that, it's that's going to be primetime television every time they're on. It's going to be must-see TV. Uh, those are going to be some classic games. I hope that they, you know, definitely can keep it a nail biter um, because I I think it'll make that division that much more fun to watch this season. It's definitely going to be running up the the scoreboard. That's, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Neither one of those teams defenses are very great. So no, uh, but, but great segue into our, our next topic here. So uh, quarterback impacts. So why don't you kick us off uh, for quarterback impacts here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For, for the newbies here that, that love, that love Q- QBs. This is what your your segment is, and there there were quite a bit on the top 100 overall free agency list. There was just a lot of names going on, and no other than obviously Breeze resigning, as well as Tom Brady on the move to to Tampa Bay, were were probably two of the most notable free agency quarterbacks, kind of off the board. Uh, what is the most notable? QB that was picked up or or traded or re-signed, Brian, in your mind? Yeah, I mean, for me, for fantasy relevancy, um, you know, obviously Tom Brady, like you said, huge notable name. That's an easy pick, but, you know, I'm not going to go that way. Drew Brees, you know, he didn't really necessarily go on the move. So, hey, he stayed home and got paid for for another – what do you get a two-year contract? Um, yeah. So he, he gets to be there for another couple of years. But I think for me, the, uh, the biggest uh, move was Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers to the Colts is a sneaky good move. I think with the additions that they added and Michael Pittman and in Jonathan Taylor, um, rookie, rookie, obviously draft picks that they picked up to pair with some of their more uh, veteran players like T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle. Um, you already have Marlon Mack out there yep. who's, you know, he's a stud. Yeah. So, you know, a, a good duo there between Mack and Taylor. Um, great duo of wide receivers with the rookie and, and a veteran to kind of show him the ropes. Good, solid tight end. You know, not flashy, but good tight end. I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a hell of a season. I think that the uh, Colts are going to be right in the thick of things in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, he – had it wouldn't say great it it be was a mediocre year kind of for for Philip Rivers for whatever reason happened with the Chargers happens every year thank god since they're in the AFC West and they always look good on paper and they always shit the bed somehow but second highest uh I interception total in his career but yeah the interceptions is what what killed him on on his uh points for last year because if you look at his season last year I mean the man threw for 4615 yards the the guy was chucking it and Philip yeah. Rivers is one of those players where I said, you know, in previous episodes, you kind of chase the volume for quarterbacks like a Derek Carr or Philip Rivers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think another big one to, to speak about besides obviously the, the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees, we know Drew Brees is, is going to be up there. And I mean, Drew Brees was averaging 20.7 points a game. I mean, he, Drew Brees was having that MVP here. Uh, 
before he got injured. He w- he was going to look like he was going to be the one taking the MVP. Uh, but a-, a Teddy Bridgewater, that's another interesting fantasy uh, impact that's going to be a big impact for that Carolina Panther offense. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, when so he came I. in for the Saints last year, look what he did. He held the team, went undefeated in his time in there, you know, was pretty solid since coming back from the injury. You know, a lot of people thought he would never play again. Yeah, uh, exactly. Let alone succeed and now back into a starting role with a di- with another franchise in, in the Panthers. So they wrote know, him out in Minnesota. Yeah, they were just like, "Yeah, you're you're done. So we're we're over it and we're going to move on." Um, Kirk rolling Kirk Cousins, and we're going to roll you out of here on the stretcher. And you know, may the force be with you, type thing. So kind of kind of. Uh, I hope Teddy's one of those guys that goes from down and out to you know having a great bounce back year. I would love nothing more than for him to just have a fantastic season. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. And, and something to, to kind of point out here stat wise, and obviously you're, you're going to look and his stats obviously weren't amazing, obviously because he was a backup. But it, if you look at his, his stats, the one that kind of peaks and jumps out to me the highest is the, the play action completion percentage was a 75% which yeah. was second in the NFL out of QBs and Christian McCaffrey out there in Carolina. It's going to be creating a lot of play actions for Carolina and oh, yeah. just a, just a huge, huge stat to just kind of defend hopefully what he ends up doing there. He, he has a good deep ball. Uh, he's, he's 46.7% on his deep ball completion percentage, which ended up being fourth as well. So uh, he can definitely sling the ball. And I think that's going to be a huge, uh, a huge person to kind of watch out for coming into the the positional rankings when we discuss the quarterbacks in a couple. Yeah, weeks. could could be great for uh, dual quarterback leagues um, where you have two quarterbacks starting. That's a great uh, great option there. Another one here that that I want to jump into that you know stayed it stayed it with the uh, the home team Ryan Tannehill. So what do you think about Ryan Tannehill? You know, and the Tennessee Titans. You know, going out there and saying, "Hey, you're our guy." I like it. I, I like the confidence that he was able to build, especially the the last couple games of, of the season. I mean, if if you look at the last five weeks, he averaged twenty four point seven points a game uh, from a QB, which is uh, amazing. So I, I like obviously kind of a similar situation to, as Teddy. He had a couple injuries in Miami, and Miami kind of was like, "Okay, like you're you're a bust." where you're not going to be able to do anything for us and kind of wrote him out. And I like the second chance players that are able to kind of prove to the NFL why they were picked where they were picked. And I think with Derrick Henry, another person that, that helps them. And I, I said, Teddy Bridgewater, number two with play action completion percentage. Well, number one was Ryan Tannehill. And yeah. you have Derrick Henry, who is going to have – hopefully three 300 plus carries again this season and but I think I don't know about you let me hear what your thoughts are but I think it his success is going to be purely predicated on if Derrick Henry could stay healthy oh yeah 100% um I I I agree with that I think Derrick Henry takes a lot of you know relief uh from the defensive side you know where they can't necessarily just stack the box and and blitz him um, they've got to stay true and they've got to, you know, keep more of a, a standard defense versus, you know, just crowding the box and, and, 
you know, when, when they did that and they said, okay, let's make Ryan Tannehill go out there and beat us. Like you said, look what he did over the last five weeks of the season. The teams that decided, hey, we're going to crowd the box and make Ryan Tannehill beat us. Well, he made him pay for it. Yeah, uh, and you're able to drop. Uh, so they're going to – Bryson over here is talking about stacking the box for those newbies over here. He's talking about adding an extra defender into the box, which typically can leave you with a with a one safety high look, which ends up being the easiest reads for quarterbacks is, is out of a one – one safety look is able to to kind of be able to judge right away if they're going to be in zone, if they're going to be a man. So it already helps out a, a Ryan Tannehill. And again, just being able to to stack on top of the play action. Uh, I, I think they build off of that. And I think he has a, a success, successful year. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'll, he'll repeat what he was doing last season. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw for 400 yards, um, but he's going to be highly efficient with what he does with the ball. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. It's, it's not something that you're going to have to to reach real high. And if, if you're going to take Bryson's, advice over here for for stacking with the running backs and tight or excuse me wide receivers early on in the draft and all of a sudden you're seeing all these quarterbacks drop off the board not a bad person to kind of fall to at the towards the end of the the rounds there to to say you know what I don't know what I can do I stacked up Ryan Tannehill they talked about Ryan Tannehill let's give him a shot yeah and a lot of times as the season starts um you know injuries will happen and things like that and there's opportunities for you to see maybe a quarterback that nobody was really high on gets kind of hot and you're able to pick them up in free agency. And now you make that your, your quarterback that you make the run with for the season. Um, so it happens, you know, if you, if you wait late into the, into the draft, you know, like we said, that that's a great option. And then lastly, uh, last, last person to just kind of hit here for quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. So staying with the Cowboys, yep. um, but in a very odd and weird way, right? I mean, very. what are the Cowboys doing? Like, get the, get the deal done. Absolutely. You know, get, the, get that deal done. And it, if I'm Dak Prescott, I take it as a slap in the face. Like, hey, you drafted me in the fourth round. I kicked ass for you guys. My contract's up. I want a fair deal. You guys have been paying me peanuts, you know, for four years and making all this money off of me. You know, I want my fair share. Absolutely. Just a weird and and living here in Texas and especially in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I mean, the, the, the radio stations out here that I listen to, um, obviously highly and heavily, uh, Dallas Cowboys news. And I mean, these guys are just slamming the Cowboys left and right for how they're dealing with all this stuff. It's, it's incredible that they, that they weren't able to get a, a deal done for them. And it's kind of just crazy because it's, if this is your franchise quarterback, and as you can see, obviously drafting a quarterback is kind of a coin toss. You, you don't know what you're going to get, what they're going to end up doing. I, I understand, obviously he's got a lot of weapons around him, but pay the guy, pay the guy. Yeah. If you believe he's your franchise quarterback, you're going to do everything you can to get the guy signed, make him and keep him happy. And, and what are the Cowboys going to do when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes sign their contracts? Oh, I mean, yeah. that number is going to skyrocket. Yeah. You know, you're the, getting the, him I, at a cheaper I bet discount. Jerry, I bet Jerry Jones is sitting there just kicking himself in the ass because last he, they should have got this deal done last before last season. Yeah. You know, because now the the price tag just keeps going up year to year. The quarterback price tag is just obnoxious, if you ask me. And I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is a guy that's worth forty million a year, but that's the going rate for a starting quarterback. And in this world of the next quarterback up gets the highest contract, it's just the way it is. 
You know, it's not necessarily, oh, you're the best quarterback. It's just your contract's up and you're going to get paid higher than the last guy who got paid the highest. And that's just the way it is for quarterbacks. It's crazy to me. But hey, go go ahead, get rid of Dak and then who do you got? Absolutely. And man Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Rocket. I mean, Jerry Jones. Andy Dalton is not gonna scare Dak Prescott into signing. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would I would have laughed at that move. I mean, uh, before we uh before we jump into the the running backs here, I, I do wanna just kind of point out just some a couple honorable mentions, just not to break them down or anything like that, but just kind of some some people to keep an eye out on that are going to be going into some some open competitions with the people that are already there. And uh, Kyle Allen at, at Washington, yep. Lincoln Lincoln back up with with Ron Rivera. Yeah, uh, Rivera loves him obviously. So if I was Haskins, I'd be kind of worried. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. And he was no shove either. I mean, Kyle Allen had a had a good year when he played and when he was healthy and can definitely get it done. I I, I look to him to possibly win in that QB battle. But another one uh, as well as just because Trubisky ain't shit, obviously. Trash Bisky. Trash Bisky. But, but Nick Foles in Chicago. Yeah. Nick Foles in Chicago is one of those ones where I kind of look at it and I'm like, if the Bears are smart, and want to do what's right for their franchise, they'll go foals and just cut bait with trash bisky, let him sit the bench the year and just kick him at the end of the season. I mean, the yeah. guy's he's awful. He can't read defenses. He his anticipation is awful. I mean, the the defense for the Bears is stacked. I mean, you don't have to do much as a quarterback for the Bears. Put up 17 points a game and they'll win. Yeah. You know, like they're they're holding teams. They you don't need to score a whole bunch, but you know, it, it's just crazy to me that they stuck it out with them. But obviously, you know, in the offseason, they looked at it and they said, eh, we better bring in some viable competition here. And, you know, why not bring in some magic out of Nick Foles and see what he's got left in the tank? And when I was coaching, actually, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but when I was coaching out in Ohio, uh, my recruiting, like, high school that I would that I was closest near was Trubisky's high school. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, they love him out there. Obviously, a very nice guy. I mean, they're loaded out there. I mean, it, it's the closest thing that reminded me to Texas high school football where there is thousands and thousands of fans at that game watching just in that part of Ohio. Just they're big with football out there. Closest thing I could, I could do. Yeah. Now on to, uh, to Bry's favorite position here, the running backs. I know, I know Bry is definitely interested in, in discussing this one to the, to the fullest here. Uh, another position, obviously, that saw a lot of big names come off the board. Uh, definitely a lot of impact that we're going to be able to, to discuss with all you guys. Uh, Bry, just to kind of kick it off like we did last segment, what is the most notable running back that you saw either sign, re-sign, or traded? I, I I mean, if you want to go most notable, I would say that the uh, the David Johnson DeAndre Hopkins trade was probably the most notable. But I honestly want to see what Todd Gurley's got left in the tank, and I think the the move for Todd Gurley to go to the Falcons, he gets a fresh start. Something was weird there in in Los Angeles with the Rams over the last course of the last year and a half. Um, leading up to that, that playoff push, you know, two years ago where they just kind of started benching him towards the end of the season, not really running him, 
you know, went and signed guys off the street to, to run the ball instead of him. Yeah. Um, it was just a really weird situation. And then last year, you know, I drafted Todd Gurley because I'm like, oh, he's going to have the same type of season he had the year before. And they weren't really utilizing him. I mean, he, he only had 857 yards rushing last season, you know, a 3.8 average and only 223 carries. I mean, for a starting running back in today's NFL, that's not a whole lot of carries. No. Um, so I don't know what was going on over there. I know a lot of people say he's got like the degenerative knee issue and all that stuff, but I don't know. They gave him that huge contract and then it was just like, something very strange went on. So I'm, I'm most interested to see if he really does have this knee issue or if he goes to the Falcons and just lights it on fire. Cause let, let us not be fooled. Todd Gurley is a stud. I mean, year and a half, just a year and a half removed from being probably one of the best running backs in the NFL, getting the highest paid contract in the NFL and then just falls off the, you know, face of the map. So I, I, I don't know. It's just a very strange, strange situation there that I'm interested to see um, how he's able to bounce back. Yeah. And and going back to an area in a state that they absolutely already love him out there in in Georgia anyways, being a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, Georgia. Exactly. I love me some Georgia Bulldogs, uh, some running backs out of there. You, you know, (laughs) you probably already can can guess that one. Uh, The, the RBs just a huge impact Two running backs, uh, from the free agency, two of the running backs finished within the top seven. Four running backs finished within the top 16 uh, and all finished within RB33, which is you're talking about if you go running back, running back uh, in, in that type of league, or if you go running back, running back, running back in, in the most ideal war, world, you're still looking at 32 running backs taken off the board. So Every single one that we're, we're touching on right here was in that draftable. top. Yep. And draftable. You're going to be picking. All these guys should be rostered. I mean, there's no, there's no reason any of these guys wouldn't be rostered. Um, you know, and just to jump into another name here for, for moves, obviously we already touched on it with the trade, but um, David Johnson going to the Texans. Another strange one with what was going on with him with the Cardinals. You know, was it injuries? Was it, you know, I, I don't know. It was just. Did he want out? And obviously he wanted out and, you know, they, they got him a, a trade offer to go to the, go to the Texans. But I think he's another guy that again, super, super talented player. Um, first round draft pick in many fantasy football leagues last year. Um, I think that he could possibly breathe new life out there in, in Houston and, and possibly, you know, turn into him, his old self. Um, yeah. What do you think about that move? I, I got love for him. I mean, I drafted him two seasons ago, not last year, but two seasons ago where he just blew up and was just the the absolute stud. And he was a late draft pick in that year and he, just an absolute stud that, that took me into the championship uh, that season. So I definitely am a big fan. I know a lot of people said, oh, his offensive line is terrible. But then Kenyon Drake came in and, and did just fine with the Arizona offensive line. So I, I don't know kind of what it is. They, I drafted him the following year in, in 2018, and he looked like the only time he would give me points was when he lined up as a slot wide receiver and was going out for a pass or went for a, a yeah. halfback wheel or whatever you want to do. It was the only way I would get points is out of the backfield. So he's got some good hands. He's definitely got the – yeah. He's definitely a three down back. You don't need to take him off the field to 
because he can't catch the ball. He's he's got some really good hands. I think if he's healthy, I think it's a it's a great great person and a great situation where he can succeed and be the guy in Houston and be able to help out Deshaun Watson, who is obviously going to be missing Hopkins. Yeah. And fantasy relevancy, you know, how, how early are you taking David Johnson this year? Is that someone that you're kind of like, I'm staying away from him? Yeah. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round. If he's sitting there, I might get frisky, but I mean, ahead of that, I'm not even looking his way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, you kind of nailed it. All the love I just gave him, I'm still kind of staying away from him. Uh, yeah. I, I'm probably going to, if I need to get someone for for whatever reason, if the draft board drops to me and it is a heavy to where I got to take a wide receiver and then a running back, whatever it may be, uh, maybe he becomes my my low RB2. But for, for someone like him, I could like him in the flex position because he still gets you. He's still going to get the carries. He's still going to get the production out there in Houston. So – I, I like him for, for my roster anyways as my flex running back. Yeah. Okay, and let's go ahead and, uh, you know, transition that into his successor in Kenyon Drake. Um, Kenyon Drake, super talented kid. I always saw it w- when he was with the Dolphins. You know, he just never really – another one of those guys that never really got the opportunity or when he did wasn't able to really seize it. But gets traded there to uh, the the Cardinals before that Niners game last year. Goes into San Francisco and just lights him on fire. I mean, on fire. had a, a, an incredible season from, you know, the time that he was able to join with the, the Cardinals and really seemed to click, you know, with the offense there. Uh, you know, now you've got DeAndre Hopkins out there. You've got Kyler Murray. You've got Kenyon Drake. You know, you've got a pretty high-powered offense building out there in the desert. What do you think about uh, a little Kenyon Drake? I, I like Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. I think he's going to be that David Johnson of what they had two years ago uh he he's definitely all all of his touchdowns he scored eight touchdowns or eight rushing touchdowns and all of his touchdowns were scored when he was on Arizona so uh I I think he's just kind of a younger obviously less miles than a than a David Johnson has I think the biggest issue with when he was at Miami because last year I was drafting him and looking at Kenyon Drake with the with the Dolphins as a as a sleeper, like a late round sleeper, he's very talented. He definitely has the stuff. But Miami playing a playing a behind a lot, obviously needed to to pass the 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 ball a lot more than actually had had to run the ball with him. But jumping jumping in, I, I don't know where you where do you have Kenyon Drake before we move on to the next one. I mean, for me, I would probably throw him as like a flex running back, uh, maybe RB, RB3. You know, that's where I kind of grade him. I wouldn't bet my offense on him by any means, but he definitely flashed some games last year and a couple games where I had him on my bench and he put up the most points and I'm like, dang it, I knew I should have started him. So, you know, I, I definitely think that he's somebody that should be on a, on a roster, obviously, starting running back. He's going to put up points, a uh, lot of production in PPR leagues out of the backfield. I, I would look for him RB3, you know, in your flex. And Chase Edmonds did a great job when, when he wasn't injured when Kenyon Drake went down, Chase yeah. Edmonds blew up that very next game as well. So definitely don't consider him a, my RB1, maybe in a late round if if I'm stuck with a, a low RB2, kind of the same thing with David Johnson. De- DeAndre Hopkins was brought in for a reason. They're, they're going to throw the damn ball. 
So yeah. that's going to take some some numbers away from Kenyon Drake. And we always say chase the production, chase chase that his production that volume, make, that yeah. volume might be going down a little bit. Uh, yep. Jump jumping into a to another one, and I might be uh, a little selfish here, but uh, what about Melvin Gordon going to the Broncos? I hate it, man. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it for two reasons. He stays in the AFC West, and I also hate it because I'm a big believer in Philip Lindsay. I know Philip Lindsay's a small guy and the Broncos, you know, they're just scared of using him like they can. But I mean, Alvin Kamara, he's able to hold up, you know, like put, have him add some weight in the off season. If you guys are scared, he's going to, he's too brittle. Um, but for, for me between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay for fantasy relevancy, I'm not touching either one of those players now it's because tough. It's just too tough. It's going to be 50-50. It's going to be – that's like one of those guys that you're going to pick up as a streamer on a bye week and you're yeah. hoping for big production that week. Um, but for a week-to-week, you know, for, for me, fantasy relevancy, I'm not, I'm not picking up either one of those players. I'm staying away from the Broncos, and I don't want to touch any of, anything in that backfield. Now, and I agree. I, as a Broncos fan, I like it. I, I, I question it a little bit, of course. I, I think as a team, it's did. a great move. As a but, team, it's a great move, you know, because now you've got two great, you know, not great, but two good running backs back there. Um, so if one goes down, you still got the other. And together, they make a good, you know. Nice one-two kind of, punch. Yeah, nice one-two punch, kind of a little bit of power with Melvin Gordon and more dash with Philip Lindsay and out of the backfield type thing. I think John Elway was kind of looking at the the Chargers and – how Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler can yeah. competed with each other and, and was able to, to complement each other. And, and Melvin Gordon, don't get me wrong, is brought in for a pure goal line, get it in the damn end zone because Philip Lindsay in his two years has proved that he, he can't do that, whether it's too tiny or just can't run inside the, the tackles that well down in the goal line, but he can't punch it in for whatever reason it is. He can't punch it in the end zone during the goal line situations but yeah i like it as a as a he's just, he doesn't have it exactly so exactly i agree standpoint for fantasy impact wise stay away from them unless someone gets hurt and yeah. and i'll say this yeah if one of them gets hurt their their fantasy relevancy skyrockets exactly um, so that's one of those ones where you could potentially pick up one as a handcuff and hope one of them goes down <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Melvin Gordon can catch the ball too, which is which is kind of crazy because it's not like Melvin Gordon is going to draw balls. He he is definitely targeted. He, he can definitely catch the ball as well. And and a Philip Lindsay is a guy I believe plays better with a chip on his shoulder. So I think when he came in that rookie year, he was an undrafted rookie. He had a chip on his shoulder. Ended up being a thousand yard back. Ended up being a Pro Bowler as a rookie as an undrafted free agent out of the draft that's that's not easy to do but coming into year two kind of looked like he kind of maybe settled a little bit thinking he already had the starting job maybe I don't know but I I think obviously unless one of them gets hurt don't touch either one of them Bryson kind of leading right into it what about Austin what about Austin re-signing with the Chargers? Yeah, so so Austin Eckler, his his successor out there in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers I like Eckler I think he it had Gordon not come back last year, I mean, he potentially could have been the steal of the draft. Um, you know, pretty much already was kind of one of the steals of the draft. Uh, had a great season. You know, fantasy-wise was just a PPR monster. Ended up um, finishing fourth. Yeah, just 
incredible, man. Incredible. So I think without Gordon being there, I think that definitely frees up Eckler to kind of do what he can do now. And hopefully they lean on him a little bit more. And I think his, his uh, stock is, is definitely on the rise out there in Los Angeles. And that's somebody that I would be looking at as an RB2 on my team. Um, if you're able to get him. Yeah, no, I, and I think he's going to, he's not going to go unnoticed this year. I, a lot of people for fantasy are, are already know his name for how well he did, but he's definitely RB2 in my mind as well. And just to, to, to throw out, I, I think he probably would have ended up being RB2 uh, overall in 2019 if Melvin Gordon didn't come back. I don't think anyone oh, yeah, was taking sure. over McCaffrey, but. Yep. I, I think he would have ended up being the, the second best running back. And what do you have here? He had 92 yeah, I, receptions. I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. 92 receptions and 132 carries. I mean, that's just insane. From a from a young QB-wise as well, we talk about tight ends. A running back is a very nice outlet for a young QB to, to be able to do a safe pick for a, a head coach and an offensive coordinator to be able to, to let the young QB know that they have their running back open, whether it's in the flat or whatever it may be, just to, to help out. So I see some design plays. I think he's an RB too. Yeah, and then just to touch on the, the last one here of notables, um, that we wanted to cover. Obviously, we'll go quickly over this one. Derrick Henry stays with the Tennessee Titans, gets the contract. The man rushed for 1,540 yards. And l- let's just say he was running through a lot of people's faces last year. He you know, hurt. Oh, man. I mean, he was just crushing people. When playoffs came around, I mean, he was unstoppable. It was, it was awesome to watch kind of that old-school – we're going to line up our offense. You're going to line up your defense and let's just run it at you guys and see who's the, the tougher man. And Loved had, watching it last year. He had 46 touches in the red zone. Yeah. Just that, that's, that's a fantastic opportunity for a, uh, you're not getting vultured, you know, in the goal line, you know, sometimes you've got these speedy backs and then you get in the goal line and they bring in the vulture and he steals your touchdown and you're like, damn you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, with, with Derrick Henry, you know, he can run it up the field and in the goal line, they stick with him. Yeah. Um, he is the guy, the guys, I mean, he's a monster. So, um, who are you going to bring in to crush it in better than him? I mean, uh, if you're looking at second and one in the red zone and you're deciding not to kick a field goal or whatever, he's going to run the ball three times in a row. They're not going to pull yeah. Seattle Seahawks and on the goal line and not give it to Marshawn Lynch. They're going to give Derrick Henry the ball and he's going to get the yard. Yeah, I think the thing that hurts Derrick Henry's value for me is if he doesn't run for a bunch of yards, he's he's not really – I mean, he gets a lot of touchdowns. Obviously, he had 16 last year. But receptions-wise, he only had 18 receptions last year. So Crazy. he's not getting you many points in PPR leagues for receiving out of the backfield. I mean, the man does all of his work on the ground. So when you look at it, it's like, okay, that's a little bit of a of, – of, you know, in today's day and age with, with offenses, you want one of those dual purpose backs that can kind of run the ball and receive, and they're getting you both of those points with Derrick Henry. That's my only negative on him is he's just a runner. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I I mean, he's an RB one, but. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. hundred percent RB one. But that's my only knock on him. If I was to have anything negative to say about him, fantasy, fantasy relevancy wise, um, it would be the fact that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really catch the ball. Um, yeah. So that's, that's one of those things. And then honorable mentions before we move on to this next segment, um, Kareem Hunt, obviously um, is another big name staying there in Cleveland. 
So you've got him and Chubb now and another one of those situations like the Broncos where it's kind of like they both take from each other. Yeah. Chubb had a great season, don't get me wrong, but Kareem Hunt, when he came off suspension, started to kind of dig at some of those points a little bit. And you started as a Chubb owner seeing, you know, those points kind of dwindle away and go into Kareem Hunt's pocket and you're like, damn it, can you get suspended again? (laughs) Can you go kick someone else? Exactly. That's terrible. Don't do that. Yeah, I think Kareem Hunt uh, is just another one that I, I'm going to stay away from him uh, just for the sole fact of he's going to get some targets. Don't get me wrong, in a PPR league, he's definitely going to get some targets. But unless Chubb goes down, Chubb is still going to have 200-plus carries, uh, yeah. pushing 300 like he did last year. So uh, it, Yeah, but, but honorable mention for the standpoint and, and strictly from the angle of handcuff, if you can stash Hunt, if you have like a deep bench league or, you know, something like that where you can kind of stash players, um, he's someone that you definitely draft and stash uh, because if Chubb goes down, Hunt will light it up. Look Absolutely. what he did for the Chiefs. The man is a starting running back in the NFL. He's yeah. a phenomenal athlete. Um, the fact that the Browns have that much loaded talent at every position is just, to me, crazy that they're not a playoff team. It's disgusting so how good their roster is. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely stacked. So honorable mention, Cream Hunt. Great breakdown on, on all the content for the, for the running backs there. So let's go into this, this next section here. And we're going to be kicking it off here with the uh, the wide receiver impact. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're going to be covering here? Yeah, yeah. Now to the to the wide receivers. Uh, and again, just I can't wait to talk about this one. Just the stupidity of O'Brien just makes me it is already. I, we haven't even talked about it, and I'm already pissed off of how stupid yeah. he is. Shots fired! Shots fired! But <laughs> I think that's got to be the most notable one, fantasy impact wise, to to talk about is is DeAndre Hopkins. So jump yeah, right was into it, it, Brad. Was it really a, a free agency move? It was a, a shocker trade where, you know, O'Brien just didn't need his weeds that morning and woke up and decided that he was going to trade uh, Hopkins for a box of uh, Raisin Bran and a package of Skittles. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell he was thinking with that move. And, and and most frustrating about it is I look at the Raiders who needed a wide receiver and I'm like, you couldn't have offered something better. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like they like, did they not shop it around? I mean, I, I guess they got David Johnson in return, you know, whatever that's, that is what it is. But at the end of the day, it was, it was just an awful trade, awful trade. I mean, great F obviously F grade for the Texans there, a grade, a plus, 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 plus grade for the Arizona Cardinals pulling the trigger and making that happen. I mean, the, the funniest thing I saw about that was that, was that meme, right? Where wh- whoever did it simulated the trade on, on Madden, and, and even Madden declined it. Even Madden declined The video it. game. Yeah, the video game was like, yeah, we want no part of this. And O'Brien's like, yep, this is the one. Let's make it, let's make it happen. I'm going to look like a genius. And then I'm going to turn DeAndre Hopkins into uh, Brandon Cooks, and people are going to think I'm a mad scientist. Like, no, dude, you're a fucking idiot. Exactly. Like, I don't know what the hell you were thinking. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, on a, on a standpoint of fantasy impact, you're talking about someone that's a, an easy top 10 wide receiver on everyone's boards, no matter if people think Larry Fitzgerald and and is going to be and Christian Kirk are going to take some ki- targets away from him, he's still a top ten wide receiver in fantasy. Oh yeah, top top three, top three wide receiver. I, I agree mean, with that. 
he's going to be a top three receiver. It's going to be between probably him, Julio, and coin flip between, you know, Devontae, Hill, you know, you name it. But I, I say Hopkins and Julio are 1A, 1B. Agreed with oh, that. Michael I, Thomas. Michael Thomas. You know, can't I forget can't, about that. Can't forget about Michael Thomas. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so top three. So you got Michael Thomas, then Julio, then Hops. Yeah. Uh, that, and just to recap, word. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and we're going to break down wide receivers in, in a couple weeks here in our positional rankings a little bit further. So to be, listen to that one to, to get a little bit more in-depth content and, and stats. But DeAndre Hopkins, the last three seasons – uh, 174, 163, and 150. So, again, chasing the volume. Again, a clear fantasy impact uh, that Arizona is Disgusting volume. But then again, you got to look at it as like, is Kyler Murray going to be getting him that kind of volume? Yeah. Second-year guy, you know, short quarterback. I don't know. I, I, I'm still – Kyler Murray is a baller, but I'm still a – you know, I'm still wait and see type. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily that guy. He had a great year. The guy had a great, great rookie season, but I don't know. I just want to see what he does this year. Kind of like that Baker Mayfield effect, you know, yeah. like first season kind of takes the, st- the the league by storm. Second season, let's see if you can keep it up or if teams catch on to what you were doing and shut you down and now you're a nobody. Yeah. Um, so and not I, to, I think, uh, to drift too far from it, but that's a great point. But athletic quarterbacks, a lot of people don't really understand from, from a defensive coach's perspective, uh, that rookie year, especially that rookie year, that first year that they come out, there's not a lot of film on them besides in college. And yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, you look at it. It's hard to scheme against it. And then you give a defensive coordinator a whole entire offseason to scheme against it. Year two, that sophomore year is always a, a tough test and a true test of what they could look like in the future. Exactly. But yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously the, the most notable going down our board here. We'll just jump to the next one. We got Amari Cooper uh, staying put in Dallas. Um, Dallas creating a trio of wide receivers out there between uh, Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb that I don't think anybody wants to face. I mean... Oh that is going to be a tough task for defenses week in and week out. You know, not to mention, it's not like they only have receivers. Then you've got to deal with Zeke. So you can't stack the box. I mean, you've got to stay true to, to, to your scheme. I mean, it's going to be a, a defensive nightmare stopping the, the Dallas Cowboys this season. Oh, and I, think, I think Amari Cooper is going to benefit a lot from it. I think bringing in Lamb and Gallup to kind of take that relief even more off of him. If he can fix the drops, um, you know, hopefully you're not kicking yourself in the, in the ass late, late in the season when had, uh, you know, a 25 point game the day, the week before. And this week he's got you two points at halftime and you're sitting there like, (laughs) fuck you, Amari. (laughs) Um, That was me all last year, by the way. Uh, but I mean, the guy had 1,189 yards receiving, you know, eight touchdowns, uh, 119 targets with 79 receptions. Um, so Amari Cooper staying put, you know, didn't didn't go on the move, stays stays put there with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and just with that three headed monster that Dallas is going to have, what corner do you put? Do you swap corner to follow Amari like some teams defensive coordinators like to do? Do you just keep him on the side because the other side's got Mike? Michael Gallup or CD Lamb. I mean, it's it's going to be insane. So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, another trade I want to jump into is the Stefan Diggs. You like this one? Yeah, I think Stefan Diggs is a uh, a sneaky good pick. Uh, you know, 
later, not late in the draft, but you're going to be able to get Stefan Diggs a little bit later as a wide receiver in the draft. Um, and he's going to be a great wide receiver too for you. Uh, I mean, who, they don't really have a whole lot of t- uh, talent out there at the wide receiver position. He's going to see a lot of volume. Josh Allen's got a big arm. I mean, Josh Allen's, Allen's got a hell of a lot bigger of an arm than uh, Kirk Cousins did. So, oh, yeah. Stephon Diggs is a burner. Let him let him go. And uh, let's see Josh Allen chuck that thing 65 yards down the field, and let's see magic happen. Yeah. Um, Stephon Diggs, he, he usually averages about 73 targets a season. He's only had two seasons where he's hit 100 or 100-plus. 100 I think he can definitely hit that that hundred this year being in Buffalo and Buffalo again with a young, younger QB, you got two, two running backs over there now that with Zach Moss and a, and a singer Terry are, are going to be able to, to open up some play actions and Josh Allen with that big arm is going to be able to hit Stefan Diggs deep. I think yeah. it's a, it's a great wide receiver that the value for where you can get Stefan Diggs in the draft to where He's going to end up hopefully at the at the end of the season, depending obviously on who knows. But I think that value is it's a it's going to be outstanding. Yeah, I think I think they're going to make it a purpose to get him the ball, you know, early and often, and he's going to be their their true number one. So uh, I, I think obviously, like we say, chase the volume. I think the volume is going to be there. I think that's a a, a great move for Stefan Diggs, um, and I think it's going to only. Uh, make his stock rise in my opinion because he's not dueling it out with a you know another one number one wide receiver on the opposite side of the field like Adam Thielen he's going to be the true the true number one so it is him it's his show Um, so I think that's a that's a great person to be looking at as a wide receiver too if if you're you know starting to put your board together and, and looking at the draft Um, next up, uh, with, with the trade of Deandre Hopkins, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien was scratching his head thinking maybe I did fuck this up and I need to put a bandaid on it. And he went out there and, uh, got Brandon cooks from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I think that this is, this is one of those ones that I call a, a a steal of the draft next or this year. Um, I think that potentially you could get him late and he's going to be big. I mean, he is now their number one wide receiver, and it's not like they've got some schlub back there at quarterback. They still – last time I checked, they still got Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's going to be able to find him the ball, and with with the Will Fuller out there, I think Brandon Cooks just easily comes in and slides in and becomes almost instant favorite for, for Deshaun Watson to be able to. And Bill O'Brien must have seen something – uh, with with Brandon Cooks to to bring him in, so I think Bill O'Brien, I think he takes and schemes around Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks again with with the Tom Brady at quarterback when he was with the Patriots had a good year. I mean, it, he went out in that Super Bowl, but I mean the Stockton, California native Brandon Cooks can ball out. He, yeah. he definitely can, and I think again it, it's just another wide receiver that. I think a lot of people are really hurt, thrown off by all of his injuries because the guy just can't seem to to stay healthy. Speaking of band-aids, he might need quite a few band-aids uh, <laughs> because that's just what he requires. Uh, maybe he owns stock, stock in band-aids. Who fucking knows? But uh, I, I think he's another wide receiver that you can get late in the draft that a lot of people are just going to kind of stay away from and an, another one that could end up surprising you He's not my wide receiver one, but I definitely think he can surprise people. 
Yeah, I'd throw him in wide receiver three flex. Um, you know, it depends on how you structure your league and how many starters you have. But, um, you know, if I have three starting wide receivers, he'd be in my third slot. Um, so he's he's not quite up at the top, but not quite at the bottom. Also, and if, if you have a deep bench league, this is another one that he could be a good person to have uh, on, on a deep bench league. If you have him on your bench, because you're you're with two wide receivers in a flex league and your flex as your running back, he could be a good bench player to have. That could be great trade value later on in the season when when he can show what he can do. So just don't sleep on him. Don't have to worry about picking him in the first couple rounds, but don't don't sleep on him. Now this next guy, I, I'm gonna I love I love Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think he he kind of fits that that similar build. Uh, of the last two wide receiver that we talked about, but I think Emmanuel Sanders uh, early on could be a steal, steal of the draft because he is way down people's boards this coming year. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. I think Emmanuel Sanders comes in pairs in nicely with Michael Thomas and Hey, Drew Brees has got to throw all those, those passes somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Drew Brees, you know, he's, he's a slinger also, and he's looking for guys to throw the ball to. And Emmanuel Sanders is going to be, you know, at the benefit of that. And I think he, his stock definitely goes way up um, going from a Jimmy Garoppolo there at the end of last year to a Drew Brees. I think the offense is just going to click a lot better for him. He's going to see a lot more targets and he's going to be able to, you know, do what he does. Uh, so I think that's a great, a great sleeper pick going into this year. And I think a lot of people on their draft boards, early draft boards, are are talking about talking about Emmanuel Sanders being wide receiver forty five is is what early draft draft boards have met. Now, obviously, we'll we'll break it down further, and it there's still plenty plenty to go. But he he averages around seven to eight targets targets a game when he was with Denver and he was healthy. He was seeing easily ten to twelve targets a game, so he he can definitely take some volume and, and see a lot of volume. He's going to open up Michael Thomas more. I, I've always thought Emmanuel Sanders, when when he was at his best, it was when he was playing alongside a nice big wide receiver, like a Demarius Thomas, who was another one dropped the ball a lot in Denver. But just a big wide receiver across from him where draws some of the attention, opens up Emmanuel Sanders, either if he's in the slot against a nickel or on the other outside being a, against your cornerback two because QB one or cornerback one is against Thomas. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to see a lot more open targets this year than the last couple of years he has. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And, and before we jump into this next segment, just a couple honorable mentions to, to take note of here. Um, you have A.J. Green, obviously stays with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I'm um, going to get out there with the, the young gunslinger and Joe Burrow. Um, see what they're able to kind of muster up and see if they can re-salvage A.J. Green's career. Um, and then Brashad Perryman, I mean, the guy came out as a, as a uh, rookie to the Ravens and just the, it never really clicked for him so far in the NFL. He makes another move from another team uh, or to another team in the New York Jets. I think that that's another interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, he'll have opportunity. That's for sure. He'll definitely yeah. have opportunity and Sam Darnold, he can, he can sling it too. So a couple honorable mentions there for you um, just to, just to keep an eye on. And again, we'll, we'll break down them further in our 2020 positional rankings and, and you'll be able to 
we'll hear us talk about those honorable mentions a little bit further, but uh, we, we spoke about not being a lot of elite tight ends out there to be fantasy impact players for, but definitely some interesting names, again, that just came off the board. Uh, out of the four that we're going to talk about, uh, since Rob Gronkowski didn't play in, in 2019, two of the of the tight ends finished in the top 10, uh, three of them finish in, in the top 15. So these guys are going to make some rosters here. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, obviously, the most notable, like you said, is is probably Rob Gronkowski. I think that Gronk having a season off, I, I don't know, man. I, I just looked at his – I look at him physically, and I'm like, you look like you've lost like 40 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Like the guy looks like a skeleton of himself. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the guy's an animal. He's a, a workout monster. He's going to get his body right uh, before the season actually starts, and we'll, we'll see how that kind of develops, you know, into the season and if he's able to hold up, you know, with all his injury concerns. But I think the the – Biggest impact free agency wise and fantasy football relevancy wise is Austin Hooper. What a strange 100%. decision, right? Right. What I mean, had a great season. The guy had 787 receiving yards. He was targeted 97 times, had 75 receptions, was just unstoppable. Had uh, 10 red zone receptions, which ranked him third in the NFL, you know, at tight end. So I don't know. That's a, a real head scratcher to me. And I, I, I see him go out to Cleveland and again, Cleveland building this roster that you just look at and you're like, this is a Super Bowl caliber, caliber roster. But that's one of those ones where I look at and I'm like, okay, this is going to this is going to have some big points. Absolutely. Uh, and Baker a young Mayfield QB likes his tight ends. Yeah. Young QBs love their tight ends. I can't stress it enough that young QBs love their tight ends. Baker Mayfield loves nice tight security ends. blanket. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be perfect. I I'm interested to kind of see what he can do. I, th- I think he's got, he's got great, great hands, everything total, True catch rate, which for for those newbies that don't understand that is the total receptions divided by the the total catchable was a 97.4%. So the guy can catch the damn ball. Yeah, he catches it almost 100% of the time you throw it his way. Yeah, when it's when it's a catchable ball. When it's a catchable ball. So I I think uh, it's going to be interesting to, to see. He finished sixth, but I think him being hurt, taking a couple games because I he missed three games last year for, yeah. for, for fantasy. I think if that would have happened, I think he, he would have been he would have much. Had, he, would have, he would have had 100 receptions last year at yeah. tight end. So, I mean, huge targets, huge volume. Again, change of scenery. So you don't know necessarily how that's going to gel with the new system, the new quarterback, you know, all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. But I, I still think Austin Hooper is a, a strong pick in, in fantasy football this year. And I think you know, he's, he's for sure going to finish top five. And just to, to segue kind of right into, into perfect. And I love when we're able to do this now, now on the flip <laughs> side, <laughs> we're, we're talking about Hayden Hurst. So yep. uh, Atlanta, Matt Ryan, they, they, he loses one of his top uh, targets in, in Austin Hooper. And then what do they do? They trade for Hayden Hurst out of, yep. out of, out of Baltimore. So what are your thoughts on Hayden Hurst? I loved Hayden Hurst coming out of college. I, I mean, the guy is – a lot of people don't realize this because he doesn't really, like, look it, but he is an athletic freak. This kid can run. He is yep. fast. 
He's big. He can catch the ball. You know, great catch rate, uh, you know, like we were just discussing with a 90.7 true catch rate, which ranked him sixth in the NFL. Um, you know, great, great decision. You know, you get rid of Hooper, you bring in a younger kind of version of him, but faster and more athletic. Um, so if, if Austin Hooper was able to do what he was able to do with, with Matt Ryan, I think that Hayden Hurst may even become that guy this year and could be a great steal late in the draft. I, I definitely think he could be the, the Mark Andrews and the Darren yep. Waller of, of this year's draft. And exactly. You, you, you hit it perfectly too. He's, he's essentially a clone of Austin Hooper. I mean, they are, he's younger. They're both 6'4", 245, except that he is more athletic than Austin Hooper, which is By just gonna, far. is going to fit perfectly in that Atlanta offense. Yeah. So just a, just a great name to, to, to talk about and a couple steals that we've been able to, to speak about and can't wait to talk about him more when we break down the, the tight ends and see where you have him ranked and see where I have him ranked. But what, what other tight ends – uh, did you like coming off the board here or re-signing somewhere? Yeah, I think just notably, uh, obviously, Hunter Henry staying with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think a lot of people were kind of tying him to the Patriots and kind of, you know, Hunter Henry coming into Patriots and being that next gronk for them. Uh, but the Chargers say, not so fast. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank God. As much as I, you know, don't want to see him in the AFC West, I don't want to see any talent go to the Patriots. I want them to do just crash and burn. Um, so I'm so sick of the Patriots, and you know, I'm, I'll be happy if they, you know, don't get another good tight end for the next 25 years. And, uh, and missing but, four games, he still finished. Still finished, five. yeah. Yep, and he had 652 receiving yards, 55 receptions, 76 targets. Um, obviously, another one of those guys that you got to look at, look at his situation, look at everything, and in totality of what that you know comes to is where is Philip Rivers? Not with the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's who he did all his work with, and now you've got Tyrod Taylor back there, who's going to do who knows. Hopefully, it's it's good news for Hunter Henry because with Tyrod Taylor, new new quarterback, new system, all that sort of thing, he's going to be checking. Yeah, he's going to be checking down to his tight end. So that could be for fantasy fantasy relevancy. It could be good news for Hunter Henry, and it, it'll help Tyrod Taylor basically be able to hit those mid mid range passes that are are much easier to hit than the than the deep ball that he's going to have to hit for for Keenan Allen but yeah. yeah i if he can stay healthy that's the one thing Hunter Henry's always struggled with with his career is just being able to stay healthy uh, again he only played 11 games last year but he had eight red zone receptions which still finished him 6th out of out of tight ends so he, he's definitely going to get his looks and he's definitely going to get his looks in the red zone. So uh, I almost buyer beware uh, just because of the quarterback and the situation he's in, he's in, not to diminish his talent at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then lastly here with our, our last notable um, Greg Olson making the move from the Panthers to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Great move. This could, you know, hopefully revitalize Greg Olson's career and, you know, maybe he'll get the Seahawks will get a good two, three seasons out of him. Um, what do you think about that move? A standpoint of the, for football, for the Seattle Seahawks, I think it's a great move uh, because Russell Wilson has just another target that, that when he's scrambling can, can find a kind of hit uh, Greg Olson kind of just sitting in the zone. If he can't find Tyler Lockett, just 
out of nowhere. But yeah. uh, fantasy, uh, he hasn't played a full Probably season. Probably not a lot of production fantasy yeah. wise. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't uh, hit, hasn't played a full season since since 2016. Uh, yeah, it seems it kind of feels a lot like to to me that move is a lot like the uh, Jason Witten to the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, yeah. kind of bring in that old vet who can you know go over there and you know run a five yard hitch and get into soft coverage, get you uh, an easy first down. You know, maybe a couple in the in the end zone. Hit, you know, but you're not looking at him coming in and scoring 15 touchdowns this season. I mean, Seattle has Will Des- He's He's obviously did well with, with Russell Wilson. He's coming off back-to-back season-ending injuries, so it's going to be interesting to see what Will Dessel does. But before Dessel went down, he was the sixth-best tight end with 12.3 points per game and four touchdowns. So that yeah, Disley was good. I mean, he, he, for a second there, I was like, Oh, this kid's got it. And then he, you know, got injured and it was like, Oh, well that, that came and went really quick. So I I think Greg Olson, if both of them are healthy, you're, you're kind of stuck. Zero. Yeah. Zero fantasy relevancy. Exactly. But if, if Will goes down again, Greg Olson's there. And then all of a sudden you, you get that nice, like you said, kind of like a Jason Witten, you have a, a good, young tight end that that has a relationship with the quarterback that will does with russell wilson but he goes down they have nobody greg olson can can kind of slip in there nicely and something that always kind of scares me about greg olson again talented talented tight end but did you know he he also announces on his bye weeks yeah so i mean he's the guy's already got a job as soon as he leaves oh yeah he's ready i mean they've been putting him on you know espn and nfl network here and there and you can tell he takes it very serious yeah and he he studies he does his thing and so on his bye week instead of studying how much is he putting into being prepared for not the following week but for for his opponent so that distraction there kind of scares me a little bit because it's almost like he's got one foot out of the door into retirement because he's got a nice cushy gig as a as an announcer and he knows what he's talking about i like listening to him he he knows his shit for sure but uh just a a buyer beware to to kind of watch out that again situation if desley or desel excuse me i'm always gonna (laughs) mispronounce the shit out of names on this (laughs) podcast but uh, if if he gets hurt, Greg Olson could be a nice uh, a nice blanket for for Russell Wilson. But yeah, as, and then a, and then lastly, our our, our last honorable yeah, honorable mention, uh, Eric Ebron going to the Steelers. Eric Ebron is a talented talented tight end, and you bring Ben Roethlisberger back, um, hopefully healthy and ready to go. Uh, I think Eric Ebron could potentially you know do some damage next year. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I Big Ben is always had a relationship with his tight ends uh whether it was heath miller who i i loved Loved uh, just as a as a player and as a fantasy person was always just a nice tight end to get later on in the draft but i mean he loves loves tight ends and and eric uh eborn had 14 touchdowns in in 2018 so he's a very talented tight end and ben likes his tight ends averages 69 targets per season to his tight end so i i think this is a is a person to watch out for he's not the tight end that that i'm going to look for early on in the draft maybe but could be a late steal exactly 
turns into all of a sudden week three and four, you're like, holy shit, Eric Ebron's putting up a lot of points. And, you know? and as we're talking about like elite tight ends, obviously there's only a few of them that you're, you're going to be targeting early on anyways. So this could be that one that's you're hitting in round 10, 9, 10 maybe, yeah. uh, that he's easily still around even 12, 13, 14. He, he's yeah. going to be around. There's a top five tight end list, and then from there, it's kind of a crapshoot in a look at their situation and see who has the best situation surrounding them, and then kind of draft based off of that, um, like better quarterback, you know, obviously, you know, someone who uh, has, you know, high uh, uh, passing conversion rates and, you know, some of those sorts of things that are going to help out with who you want to draft at tight end. Um, but yeah, Eric Ebron late into the draft could be an, an absolute sleeper. If, you know, if everything goes well, uh, Absolutely. He's, he's super athletic, man. The guy is really athletic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, kind of to jump in, uh, I don't, I don't want to spend much time on it. Cause I know we, we just broke down a shit ton of content again for you listeners here. Uh, with with each position, just give me give me your top two winners and your top two losers of free agency. Uh, winners uh, for free agency, I think number one for for winners, you got to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, what they were able to do in the off season, bringing in Brady, bringing in Gronk, um, retaining some of that talent on defense, you know, keeping the likes of and and Sue and some of these vets that are gonna you know kind of mold the younger players. Uh, their draft, uh, I mean, their draft was ridiculous too. They had a, a good draft there. Um, I think Tampa Bay for sure is is a winner. And then uh, next up, I would say the Arizona Cardinals. You know, with that trade for DeAndre Hopkins for for NFL free agency, um, how can you not have them as a as a top two? Uh, that you know, you go and get a, a top three wide receiver in the league. That's going to put you you know right there at the top. Um, top five losers, um, or, or top give, two losers. Yeah, give me two. Uh, you got Houston, obviously, with with getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, bringing in a David Johnson and a Brandon Cooks, who you're kind of hoping hoping they can, you know, patch the holes as well as they can um, while they try to string some stuff together. And then the New England Patriots. I mean, if they're not tanking for Lawrence, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean. Easily. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't yeah. go and address anything. I mean, Brady leaves and they're just like, oh, fuck it. We'll roll with this kid Stidham. Who knows? Let's see if he's the next Brady type conversation that's coming out of New England. Very strange offseason for them. I, I I honestly feel like Belichick's just like, fucking take for Lawrence and we'll, we'll move, move on with our lives. That'll be our next Brady. Went uh, from a competitor to, 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 to the not wanting to compete. Exactly. Yeah, because – I mean, you look at what they did this offseason, and you're like, what What are you guys planning on? You know, like what you did nothing to get better. Um, so those are those are my top two losers there. My my top two two winners. It's it's hard for me not to obviously Tampa Bay. Uh, you, you already said them, but I'm going to I'm going to go and piggyback off of Arizona as well. Just just load in your QB who you say is your franchise quarterback who. You, you want as your franchise quarterback pick number one, you're loading him up with more weapons, giving him a DeAndre Hopkins, keeping Kenyon Drake uh, as, a, as a nice person there as well. Just being able to load, and they had a good draft as well, which will yeah. break down as well. So just being able to, to surround your young QB with a nice safety net of people and targets to hit 
that not freak him out so he can make easier reads. Um, another uh, one that I, I want to mention is just the New Orleans Saints. You're able to to bring, yes, they lose Teddy Bridgewater, but they're able to retain Drew Brees for and make him leave as a New Orleans Saints. You're able to bring in Emmanuel Sanders to free up Michael Thomas, who I, I think Emmanuel Sanders is, could be a sleeper of the wide receivers, but as well as now you brought in Winston. So you, you brought in someone who, who finished in the top five for, for quarterbacks for fantasy. So if Drew Brees does to be go your down, backup. to be your backup, like yeah. if Drew Brees goes down, James Winston's going to be the hottest free agent to, to pick up in, in fantasy. Top two losers, uh, 100% got to go uh, Houston as well. Just idiots. Houston and yeah. New, New England, bunch of idiots. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Uh, maybe they're a legalized state. I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. Uh, but I also, uh, as my second loser, I wanted to bring up the Los Angeles Rams. There's, yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing as well. I mean, they've all of a sudden, Gurley's gone. Gurley last year, kind of behind the scenes, something happened or whatever. Clay Matthews is now suing them because he's not getting paid. I, I don't know what, what's going on within that organization, but everything that they've been around news-wise just kind of scares me that they're just not going to be able to be their, their competitor self that they were. Yeah, they really they really dug themselves into a hole when they went all in for those two seasons. Yeah, um, went they got out, no cap signed, space. Yeah, went out, signed uh, every free agent stud they could. It didn't it kind of like the Browns, it didn't really come together. And here they are cutting bait with a bunch of players, having to pay cap penalties and you know, trade people for nothing and do what they can. Um, I think the Rams are in really bad shape and I, I see them having a, a strong rebuild for probably the next few years to kind of bring that, that cap back to reality and try to build a, a roster of talent with, you know, people who you're not paying the world to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's as a great my, pick. As my beer is starting to finish, I got to get me a new one. So hit us with those closing remarks here, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. Social media, you know, as we say, if you're not following us, you must not like football. Uh, Instagram, you got us <laughs> at fantasy football BS again at fantasy football BS, uh, Twitter at fantasy FBBS, YouTube at fantasy football BS, all your major podcast platforms. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow. Um, you got us on Spotify, iTunes, you know, your Google podcast, Podbean, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, please go follow us, subscribe. You know, we're loving it. All the listeners We're like, we say all the time, we do this for the fans. We do this for the love of the game. Uh, we're going to have some giveaway details coming out, um, you know, starting today, if you bring in three new listeners to our podcast and they tag us on any of those social media platforms, then you'll be entered to win a free fantasy football BS t-shirt. Uh, we'll be doing that giveaway. These t-shirts are really cool. Um, we'll be shipping them out to those winners and, you know, hopefully you guys can rep them. And at the end of the season, when you, uh, hold up the trophy, you can say, Hey, uh, I owe this one to, uh, uh, bright up and snowman over there at oh, yeah. fantasy football bs so uh you know definitely give us a listen and next episode we're going to be discussing the nfl draft the impact of all those rookies and another episode that i think is going to be uh you know loaded with content we're going to have a ton of things to discuss um so so definitely click on that next uh, episode give us a listen and uh can't wait to catch you guys next time 
Absolutely. And just a quick shout out to our, our, our sponsors over here, Air Care Heating and Cooling uh, for your number one air and, and heating provider, professional provider in San Jose, California. You can reach them at uh, 408-809-7350, or you can visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com. Just hit us up if you have any questions about that as well. But everyone, peace out. I'm getting thirsty. Peace out, guys. Come around like I never left. I only need a little, you can have the rest. I know one day I'll fly away. Till I do, I'm here for you, the only hand.